Will you stand? How many of you guys remember where you were at a year ago? Almost a year ago to the day you were here listening to this exact same message. How, how amazing is that? How things work out from the exact same person speaking. Um, I gave this message about a year ago. It's kind of cool to see different takes, different whatever, and how things line up. Because we had no idea we were doing Ephesians a year ago. We had no idea Jeff was going to be out of town this weekend. We had no idea that I'd be preaching and that we'd be lining it up. I'm excited because this actually correlates with a message I gave earlier in this series. And so it's kind of fun getting to piece the two together. Before we get in there, it's football season, right? I love football season. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I took last week off. I wasn't here last week. And I was out of town. I came back into town for... Um, a football game, and my Connections Church football team, as you see the jersey sitting right here, these are what they get to go out and play football in, and they get to sport it. We play on Saturday mornings. I'm going to sneak the schedule on the website if any of you guys want to come on out and, and watch us play, support your the Little League team. It was kind of cool, and, and watching them, I knew that we weren't ready for our game. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever coached. You might be a parent. You know this kind of feeling where you're like, we're not ready. Things aren't going to work quite right. And we went out, and I knew it was going to be a long day when we go out. And we go line up, and I was like, where's the center? And he didn't show up. So I'm placing somebody. I'm like, all right, who thinks they can snap a football? <laughs> you know, we're throwing somebody out there. And we go out, and we start on defense, and we get them fourth and like, 24. And I was like, sweet, we're going to get the ball back. We might not do as bad as I thought we were going to do. And just then we decide not to cover anybody, and they get the first down, and they proceed to march down the field and score a touchdown. Went up 7 nothing. And I had to have a talk with my team, and I said, you know what? We're not done yet. Unless you're ready to just say, hey, you won the game, and we'll move on. I mean, that's fine. If that's what you want to do then let me know now. Otherwise, let's go out and let's play football. And we went out, and for the next three quarters, it was 0-0 until we were moving the ball down the field, and we ended up scoring a touchdown. And it was funny. You know, I've never had a course of events that we've had like that before where you know, we're already down a center. My biggest kid on my team comes walking off the field on the last drive of the game. He comes walking off. He's like, my ankle hurts. I'm done, coach. And he goes and he sits down. And I'm just like, all right, what do you do at this point? You know, he's done. So he's sitting down. So, you know, we get out there and they kept fighting. And they kept fighting. And that was constantly what I kept telling my team. Are you ready to give up yet? And they said, no. I was like, well, then let's go play football. And they were so pumped. It was really, it was really excited. We got it. It was, it was, I think it was like fourth and goal from like the one foot line. And we lined up, and I said, we're shoving it right down the middle. And he was like, well, they're ready. I was like, well, so are you. What are you guys going to do? This is where you guys make a statement. And they went out, and they, and, I, and then I turned to my fullback, and I said, whatever you do, I call a quarterback sneak, and I turned to my fullback. I was like, you run up, and you push that quarterback. I was like, the line will do their job. I was like, but they got all 11 people up on that line of scrimmage. They know what's coming. I was like, you run up and you push the quarterback. And the fullback went running up and they pushed him. And they pushed him about five yards into that end zone. 
and we scored a touchdown. And then we missed the extra point and lost, 7-6. to six. But, which is kind of cool, because then you get to teach them what it's like to be a gracious loser and show them, hey, you didn't give up. You got nothing to hang your head on. They won on the first drive of the game. You can, lots of metaphors you can say. It's got to be from the start to the finish, you know, whatever. But for the, for the vast majority of, my, of the game, my team was a better team. We were disorganized. We were ragtag. We weren't well prepared. I've never had a team that ill well prepared. And that's on me. I told them that. I was like, but they weren't willing to give up. They weren't willing to stop. And now, in Ephesians, we've hit this point where Paul's giving them a lot of instructions. He's saying, hey, this is this, this is that. We're coming here. You gotta act like this. You gotta be like that. And he's he's feeding everybody. He's like, okay, now here's the reason why we're going to do this. Here's the reason why I've been telling you over and over and over again what you're supposed to do. Because here's the reason why we're called into action. And that's what we're going to kind of look at today. And I think a lot of times people look at this and they, they bypass these three verses. And these are three of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. And they bypass these because they want to jump ahead and start fighting the fight. They want to jump ahead and say, oh, what's the armor of God? Let's pull this out. Let's look at it. Let's, let's do this. It'll be fun. And they forget about the important aspects that we read about in Ephesians 6. If you all would open your Bibles with me to Ephesians 6, chapter 10, or I'm sorry, Ephesians 6, verse 10. If we're in chapter 10, you have an interesting Bible. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, we read, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And I lost my spot. Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul is leading us forward. And so he's going to help us as warriors as fighters, as people that we're putting forth, that God is putting out there. He's going to help us understand our power, our orders, and our conflict so that we can start to stand strong against the enemy. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we have to come here today. I ask that as we start to look through these three verses, you allow us to see what you've called us for. You allow us to see what's been placed before us. And you allow us to stand in you. In your glorious and precious name, amen. Warriors. Warriors are what we're called to be. And I, I don't know if you fully understand or comprehend what that entails, but we have been placed before us a choice. And there is no option C. There's only option A and option B. Option A is we are going to join God and follow Him, and be on His side, or option B is not follow Him. People think that the options are either follow God or follow Satan, 
And I don't want to do either, so I'm going to take option C. There is no option C. Option A is follow God, and option B is not to follow God. We're sitting here, and if you've chosen option A, Paul's laid it out. He said, you're going to follow God. That's good. That's great. Now guess what? There's a real war that's coming forth in front of us. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You've chosen this. A warrior needs to understand his power. So we're going to look at first our power. Our power is where you get everything from. Now, a lot of times, especially when we think about war nowadays, it's kind of fun talking with Justin and Brad and Alan in the back. You know, Alan's got his tank game, and it's a lot of fun. And if you ever want to see it, he'll he, talk to him. He'll pull it out, and he'll be showing you his tanks and stuff like that, and it's a lot of fun. We don't. We forget what it was like in the olden day battles. The olden day battles are people lined up with a sword and they charged each other and they just attacked each other. Nowadays you show up in a tank and one thing can take out a lot of people. But back then you showed up and it was you and only you that you could really rely on. And you would charge. And that's what warfare was like. That's what being a warrior was all about. And we had to understand that. So when first, when we're looking at these, and when we want to understand where our power comes from, understand what we're strong in, we have to look at a couple different things. The first off, um, the first thing I want to point out is, <clears throat> as we're looking at this, it says, finally, my brethren. The word finally, what does that mean? It's a list. Think about where we've come from. Paul has been leading us down this path. And he's saying, this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to follow God. What are our words that we're going through this year? Grow and go, right? That's what we are supposed to do as Connections Church. That's the message that we are putting forth is to grow and to go. Well, guess what? Finally, my brethren. Paul's starting to wrap it up. He's saying growing is, is happening. It's going to happen. This is what's, where we've come from. It's time to grow. That's there. Well, guess what? Now it's finally, now we've got to start looking at what it's going to mean to go. If you just sit there and grow all the time, you just become tall. It's time to start going and having an influence. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Finally means, guess what? Now no longer are we looking at us. If you look back, Paul was looking at us. What do we have to do? What do we have to start transforming? What do we have to start putting into ourselves in order for us to start representing, in order for us to start growing, in order for us to get ready? But now, it's time to go. So finally, it's time to be strong in the Lord. Finally, has two points. It's the end, but it's also the highlighted part. 
Understand that. It's a highlighted aspect. Finally, don't forget, it's not about us. We oftentimes are stuck with that mirror in front of us that we forget. It's not about us. Finally, be strong in who? The Lord. Be strong in Him. The other stuff helps us grow. That's great. Now we've got to be strong in Him. We've got to be able to step out. We've got to be able to go and we do that because we're focused finally on Him. It's the end of the statements that we're going, but it's also highlighted. Finally. Thinking back to my game yesterday. Was I down? Was I bummed? Yeah, they scored first. They did this. They scored on their first drive of the game. Man, that was a bummer. What do people remember? How the game ended. They remember that coach on the sidelines getting scared when my team was moving down the field. Getting scared when we put it into the end zone. They remember that my team didn't give up. They kept fighting. And I guarantee you, and I told this to my team, I told them, we have to play this team at least one more time. And probably another time. Because my money is, there'll be that game, will be the championship game. And I told them, I said, they don't want to see us again. Because they thought they had you in the dirt. They thought that they had you in the ground. But finally, highlighted. Finally. Once we get going, once we get going, once we get started, once things start clicking together, finally you can understand that you can be powerful in God's might. Finally. Be strong in the Lord. We're called to be strong in the Lord. And this, this brings back this whole imagery. And I love the imagery of rock climbing. Getting up is easy. Right? Getting down is fairly easy too. How many of you guys have ever been belaying? Where you're sitting there with a rope and somebody's at the bottom and they're holding the rope and they say, just lean back. I have a hard time trusting people. A lot of times when I go rock climbing or belaying, I'm rock climbing or belaying with high school kids. I usually outweigh the high school kids. And I'm not going to tell you how much, but usually it's by more than what I'd like to outweigh the high school kids by. And we're sitting there and they're like, just lean back. And you're like, are you crazy? I don't trust you to show up to youth group on time, much less get me down this mountain. But the only way you get down is to lean back. You get down not in your strength, but in the strength of the person at the bottom. Understand that because that vision, 
is what God is telling us to do. Be strong in what? Be strong in the Lord. He's telling you, I've got you. I've paid for you. I'm a good, good father. I've paid for you. Thy will be done. Let go. Follow me. Allow me to do the hard work. Be strong in me. And I'll get you through it. Why can we be strong in Him? We've just gone over it. If you look through Ephesians, we'd see things like, God was exalted above all others. His name is glorified. He's seated at the right hand of God. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's not some scrawny high school kid at the bottom of a mountain holding a rope. He's God Almighty. And He's saying, if you can trust a high school kid, why in the world can you not trust Me? I can get you through it in His strength. We can also be strong in Him because of our standing in Him. I mentioned it. We're sanctified. We're still being sanctified, but we're also sanctified. I love, the, I love how the Bible does this. He says, I've separated you. I've made you special. You are priceless to me. Who you are, how you are, you do not need to change a thing. I have paid for you. I've set you apart. I have lifted you up. I've made you this. You are there. And yeah, you still have a long way to go. But I've, I've done this for you because of who I am what God says to us. We can stand because of Him and who He is. We can be strong in the Lord. And we can be strong in the Lord because of His might. I love this because this is where Paul, and I, when I read this, this is where Paul's saying, come on! Get it, get it right! I had one of those this last weekend. I was, I was sharing with some of you guys. It got to a point when the big guy walked off and he's like, I'm done. And you're like, okay, I call a timeout. The ref's like, are you sure you want to call a timeout? And I was like, yes, I'm positive. I need a timeout. I need to get people situated out here. So literally, I call a timeout and I'm not talking to my team. I walk them up to the line of scrimmage and I'm like, okay, your center, right there. Your guard, right there. <laughs> your tackle, right there. Okay, then we go this way. And I get my offense set and I'm like, this is the offense. Don't move. Just stay in these positions. I call the play. I go back. I'm watching from the sidelines. I'm like, all right. They run the play. They pick up eight yards. I was like, sweet. We're starting to get it rolling again. Yell out the next play to the quarterback. They line up and everybody's out of position again. I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh. I had to turn around. And everybody's asking me, what are you doing? I was like, I can't watch. Turn back around and go, come on! That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, come on! Why do you not understand at this point? He's saying, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in who He is. And be strong in His might. Come on! We complain that we can't do anything. 
We look at us and we say, I am pathetic. I can't do this. And Paul's saying, come on. It's not about you. The whole point of Ephesians is in Him. Come on. Put the mirror down. The mirror was what was before. That helps us. But that's not who we are anymore. It just helps us. Who we are is in Him. Come on. Because we also need to realize God doesn't just sit back. He's not the coach on the sidelines that gets frustrated and turns around. That gets frustrated when parents are going, what do you want to do, coach? And I was like, I want to line up right. I don't know about you, but I'd settle for going on too like we've practiced for three weeks now. I'd settle for my defensive ends lining up on the right sides of the line. My expectations weren't very high. That's not God. God's saying, tell you what, I'll go do everything for you. And all you have to do is follow in my footsteps. And trust me, I'll do 99% of the work. And all you got to do is follow me. I love the illustration. I shared it once before. It's my quarterback sneak. Well, they lined up. And they're wondering, Coach, what are we supposed to do? They have everybody right here. And I said, trust me. I know what I'm doing. And I turned around to my, my fullback, who's not little by any stretch of the imagination. He, in fact, he should be a lineman. He's like this tall and about this wide. But he's got moves. He's a great kid. He's got moves. And, like, he's always got this big old smile on his face. And... He was one of the kids that, towards the end, he's like, can I just play tackle, coach? I was like, no, get back there. But I turned to him, I was like, just push him. He's going to get stuck. Push him. That's God. He's like, you're going to get stuck, but it's okay. I'll help push you. You're going to get stuck, but that's okay. I'm your lead blocker. You might get stuck. That's okay. I'm there. I'm not just sitting back watching. I'm not just waiting for something to happen. I'm there for you. We need to understand our power. And once we start to understand where our power comes from, we can start to un- uh, start to understand other things. Like one, a warrior needs to understand his orders. We see two orders in these verses. And if you look back, we're going to read it again. Because I want you to understand this. It says, put on the full armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. Two things. First one is put on. you got to put it on. What is the armor of God? The ar- we know it. Who knows it? Who knows it? Breastplate of. The belt of. The sandals of. Gospel readiness. Peace. Depends on your translation. The shield of faith, the sword of the sword of the spirit. It's the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit. We're, we're getting there. We got it, right? 
Who knows what the only offensive weapon is? Nope. Nope. Prayer. Prayer. Those are our six weapons. Prayer. Sword. Shield. Breastplate. Belt. And sandals. Those are our, That's the armor that we're supposed to put on. Right? It says put it on. What is it? It's... His righteousness. His truth. His gospel. His readiness. His spirit. We're supposed to put Him on. Put on the armor. Put on God. God's saying, put me on. Get me ready. Let's go forth. When I was younger, I used to watch this TV show, and please don't judge me on this, even though you can't. It was a mighty morphin Power Rangers. <clears throat> and I almost made Alan choke back there. He's like, did we seriously just go there in a Sunday morning service? Yes, we did. Because they would put on these mighty suit type things that would give them power. To go forth. And that's what God is calling us to do. He says, put me on so that you can have my power. So that you can start going. You've grown enough. You're big. You're tall. In fact, I got a compliment today of, I'm looking so grown up. I don't know what that means. I've been grown up for a while. It made me think, man, I really need to start kicking up my dressing game when I show up on Sundays because I must be looking pretty pathetic if I'm not looking grown up. Either that or, I'm my, either that or my beard's coming in and I'm, I'm looking like I'm actually grown up a little bit. But I don't know. But guys, we've grown enough. We've grown enough. You'll always continue to grow. But there comes a point in time when it's time to go. And we go out in His power. Put on in Him who He is, we can move forward. We put on so that, this is one of those, what do we call these things? The, the if and or, you know, so that, the transition things. I wasn't an English major by any stretch of the imagination. I scored amazingly well on the ACTs in the English section, but that's only because I'm a good test taker. I, I'm telling you, I'm not, I have no idea how I did well in it, but... I have no idea what that's called, but it's a so that statement. You do this so that. Right? We all know those, right? You shower in the morning so that you don't stink, right? You brush your teeth so that your breath doesn't stink, right? We know this stuff. You follow the speed limit so that you don't get a ticket. You put oil in your car so that it doesn't break down on the side of the road. We put on the armor so that we can stand against. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, I showed this clip last time. I'm going to show it again. I love this clip. This clip is one of my all-time favorite clips. You know what? I'm not even going to set this up for it. You can go ahead and play it. the enterprise. 
made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. We invade our space and we fall back. This invades entire worlds and we fall back. Not again. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. simply do. It's just one of those things. Because how much of that is our life? Think about the words that were used. They assimilate us. They assimilate entire cultures. And we fall back. I love the United States. But what's happened to us? They invade entire worlds and we fall back. What's happened to our world? And we compromise. We don't want to offend. I got news for you guys. The gospel is offensive to those who don't follow God. Because the whole message is it's not about us. And our lives, our beings, our culture is telling us it's about us, and it's not. But guys, we don't want to offend. We don't want to step on toes. We don't want to do it. And at some point we have to say, enough is enough. The line is drawn here. We're not going to go back. In my game yesterday. I had to go out. After the first drive, they marched down the field, took up the entire first quarter, marched down the field and scored on the last play of the first quarter. We got the ball back, jumped off sides twice and missed it on fourth down. So they took over the ball. I called timeout and walked out there and I said, guys, now you guys got to decide what's going to happen. If you guys are going to start playing or if you're going to pack it in. Are you guys done? Or are you guys going to keep going? My question is to you guys, and as we're looking around, we have different age groups here. We have a younger age section. We have a more experienced age section. We have an in-between age section. We have a looking more grown-up age section. We have a good, and I hope, please don't take offense for the person that said that to me. I actually take that as a compliment, so don't, don't, don't take offense to that. But as we're sitting here, no matter where you're at, the question has to be asked, are you done? Are you ready to pack it in? Or are you ready to put on so that you can start to stand against? Because the world needs people that are going to stand up. The world needs people that aren't just going to sit down when times get tough. And we've all been there, and there's nothing really wrong when times are tough to take that day, to take that week, to take that time where time is tough, world is rough, and I need to just sit here for a second. But eventually, you are going to have to stand up. Or you just pack it in. Here's the thing. When are you done? You're done when God calls you home. A great friend of mine always said, we're all immortal until the good Lord calls us home. 
in His might, we wake up every morning. Because He's not done with us yet. Because He's not ready to give up either. And He's telling us, it's time. Compromises have been made. We've fallen back. And it's time. Who's going to stand up? My question is, Connections Church, we have an opportunity. We look at Fort Collins and we're looking here and we're going, man, this is a college town. A lot of kids, they don't want to hear it. I beg to differ. They might not understand that they want to hear it, but they want to hear it. They're searching for truths because the world is saying there's no truth. They're searching for understanding because the world is saying that there's no understanding. They're searching for somebody to follow. Because the world says all you can follow is yourself. And we all know that we let ourselves down all the time. Parents, you know this more than anything. What happens to a kid that has no boundaries? What happens to a kid that has no truth? We've become spoiled. Mankind has. Because we think that there's no truth. That there's no absolute. That there's no God. And mankind is yearning for one. Think about it. We might want to replace him all the time. If you ever watch that stupid TV show, Ancient Aliens, which I do. But if you ever watch it, they try to explain everything without a God. But if you take out their little ancient alien thought and put God in there, they believe almost identically to what we believe. They're searching for the truth. They want it. They need it. And they're asking us, who do you know? The movie God's Not Dead. I started watching that. If you've never watched it, it's it's interesting. Once you get past Hercules being a uh, college teacher... Then you can start to watch it a little bit. But how many times have we heard, oh, if that's true, what about this person? They say this. One of the arguments. Stephen Hawking says that we don't need this. Stephen Hawking needs a computer to speak. Well, this person says that. Well, that person needs this. We all need something. Until you finally get to the point, God doesn't need anything. He is. And He chose us. And because of that, He's asked us to step forward. Put on, so that you may stand against. And finally, a warrior needs to understand his conflict. Now that we know what our orders are, we know where our power comes from, we need to know what we need to do, right? And that's where we all get into a lot of problems sometimes because we don't know what to do. And this is where I failed my team this weekend. It's because I didn't spend enough time telling them what to do. But this is where we are coming from. And it says... Put on the form, for we do not wrestle again. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the sage, against spiritual hosts of wickedness 
in the heavenly places. The first word is wrestle. And no, we're not talking about WWE. We're not talking about Hulk Hogan or The Rock or anything like that. And the boys are gone. Otherwise, they would have loved that section. But I don't know where they're at, and I don't want to know. But um, we're talking about wrestling. And wrestling is just that. And it's, it's one of those things, because if you've ever been to a wrestling meet, it's interesting. Because it's an individual one-on-one conflict. I'm going to wrestle you. And I'm going to beat you, or I'm going to lose. But it's more than that. It's also a team sport. Of The team can still win, even if I lose. That's actually identical to what this word is talking about. It's an individual struggle for a greater purpose. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That'd be easy, right? We could just walk out and we could just punch them in the face. We wrestle against other aspects, other things. As we start to look through this, we want to look at what we are wrestling against. And this is important to me. And if we could get this up here, because I want to look as we're doing this, let's understand the list that's put up here. And let's look back as we're looking through here. If you remember, this is where I said it ties into. I preached on Ephesians chapter 1 earlier this year. And these are the things that Jesus is far above all things. He's placed. He is over top of. He is in charge. He is already the guy. And then let's look at the things that we're struggling against. First word. Same Greek word. Principalities. List is the same. Second word. Powers or position of authorities. This is the same Greek word which Paul was writing in. Jesus is already over it. And we're fighting against it. Next one. Dominion and spiritual wickedness. I'm going to explain this one just a, just a second. Um, if I can find this here because I want to. Um, spiritual wickedness in heaven, which also is comparable to dominion, which in Greek actually means supernatural authorities. So, supernatural authorities... Spiritual wickedness, it's the same thing that we're looking at. Guys, the list is the same. Think about that. As we're fighting, and I've always been told, and looking up, as, as I was doing research, looking this up, everybody skips over this because they, they don't think to look back to what Paul was saying. But if we look back to what he's saying, Christ is already above all of this, so if we put Him on... Our fight is easier because he's already been placed over top of it. He's already overshadowing it. He's already God over all those things. He's already won the battle. All we need to do is follow in his footsteps. Put him on and follow. We read things of, this is a list of Satan's army. This isn't a list of Satan's army. This is a list of things that God has already beaten. 
This isn't a list of Satan's power and authority. This is a list of things that Jesus has already overcome. Changes your mindset a little bit. It's not that hard to, to fight when we know we've already won as long as we're fighting in Him. Are you ready to stand? If I could have the band come on up here real quick. We're supposed to stand in Him. Think about that. Think about as we're called, as things are going around, we're supposed to stand in Him. He's already won. He's already accomplished. He's already set in stone what's going what's to happen. And he's saying, follow me. Put me on. And the reason why you can do that is you understand who I am. Finally. Finally. Now that you know who I am and what I've done, finally, it's time to step forth. I want to read this. I love closing this with this section. It was from Teddy Roosevelt. It was a, it was a speech he gave at the Soburn in Paris on April 23rd, 1910. And it's powerful to us now. It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails... At least he fails while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. All right, would you stand and worship with us? All right, so this next song is called The Stand. I just want to tell you a little bit about it. The part in the song that says, uh, So what could I say? What could I do but offer this heart completely to you? And I think when we come before God, um, whatever happened this week, you know, you don't need to be ready to meet Him. He's ready to meet you wherever you're at. And uh, there's really nothing left to do but be able to just offer our heart to God. And the chorus goes, So I'll stand with arms high, with heart abandoned, in awe of the one who gave it all. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a religious thing. Uh, but during that part, uh, if you feel led to, uh, feel free to just open your hands uh, like this or lift them up just to God. And it's just your act of abandoning your heart to God. You stood before creation. Eternity in your hand. You spoke the earth into motion, my soul now to stand. You stood before my failure, and 
As we go today, I just ask, don't be content just growing. We call that being the sponge. What happens to a sponge that never gets rang out? It just gets moldy and nasty. But go forth. Go forth because now finally God is saying it's time. No matter where you're at in life, it's time. Go forth in Him.